stringing some oversized Christmas lights up in the air and putting a giant shoe print that honestly doesn't even make sense with the size of the lights. I don't feel like a toy. <laughs> This is LJ, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. Welcome to the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. I wish I could be with you for every episode, but don't worry. I have chosen an awesome host who will be with you each and every week. I love her and I know you will too. Here's Allie. Welcome back to the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast, a planning show giving you all of the tips and tricks you need to have a successful and enjoyable Disney vacation. So whether you are currently planning, thinking of planning, or just need your daily dose of Disney, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to be part of our first listeners. Today, we are diving even deeper into our park conversations. Today's focus, Hollywood Studios. I am joined by Kristenie mom of one beautiful baby girl from the West Coast and Haley over by me on the East Coast. This is our first time with Haley and Chris, as we like to call her. Ladies, hi, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you feeling? I'm excited. Yes, very excited, very nostalgic, actually. We are so excited to talk about Hollywood Studios today, and it's a perfect time to do so because yesterday, as this episode is becoming available to everyone, was this park's 34th birthday. It opened May 1st, 1989. I don't even think I realized I am almost exactly the same age as this park. I was born at the end of 88, and the two of you are younger than this park, but it's had such an evolution, and I can't wait to talk about it. Ladies, Tell me this, Hollywood Studios, do you like this park? Yes, definitely. See, for me, it's a half-day park. What? (laughs) I don't know why. I'm learning to love it the more I go, but so far, that's definitely where I'm at. Okay, I can agree with that maybe 15 years ago, but now there's so much to explore and dive into. You need more than a half day for sure. Uh, Haley has just broken the biggest, this is the biggest no. This is not a half day park. I completely agree with Chris, maybe 15 years ago, although 15 years ago, there were some gems at what was then called MGM. Totally. (laughs) My dad worked for a radio station and his station got to go down and be part of the media club that opened the park. So we got to have a little bit of special access. Maybe that's my connection to this park and why I love it so much. But honestly, when it comes to vibe, it does not get better than Hollywood Studios for me. And it took me forever to get used to saying Hollywood Studios. I'm there now, but I I love this park. I will still slip up and call it MGM Studios to this day, but I have so much merchandise that still says MGM. We haven't been back with my parents and my siblings since I was 20, I think. So over 10 years now. And for me, it's always just going to be MGM. Like that's what it was. I wish I still had some of my legit MGM merchandise. To me, MGM is defined by the big sorcerer's hat. You had Fantasmic Mickey's big blue sorcerer's hat right when you walked in. It completely blocked the view of the Chinese theater, which housed the great movie ride back then. So two absolute icons that were staples of MGM. The Backlot Tour was there. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Playland was there. It was just a really fun hang, even back in the 90s. And those are 
are kind of the elements that defined it back then, but now it has evolved and it's continuing to evolve into Haley, not just a half day park, but a must see for everyone. I think part of it for me is because my first trip was just six years ago. So I never got to experience that old school MGM park. I was never there. So like my first experience with Hollywood Studios is running around chasing characters with my daughter, which I do have to say that is one thing I love is with Disney Junior around the side. You can hit so many characters for those little kids. So it really does appeal to all ages. I will give it that. I'm learning, of course, as like 21 plus adult now, why Hollywood Studios can really be great with the cantina in the back and Star Wars, of course. But I think that's why I see a different take on it than some is because I never got to experience and like watch that full transition. I think that makes total sense. And I can meet you there and I can hear you say that you don't have the nostalgia or the tools that it takes to be a Hollywood Studios fan. We were on a trip together very recently and unfortunately I got pretty sick. And so I was unable to do some of the things that I wanted. And one of the big things I wanted to do was was help you understand what it is about this park that's such an incredible day. It's an incredible time. It's part of a the staple of a vacation. And for me, what sets it apart is the theming and the, I keep saying vibe, but I don't know a better word. That's what it is to me. You walk in and it's just cool. Atmosphere of it. It is. You have big band music playing. It's glitz and it's glam. And you're stepping back into old world Hollywood with big marquees and souvenir shops, gift shops lining the street that aren't just big emporiums. You know, it has classic Disney things that you would want. But it also, I think, houses some of the most unique merchandise that you can buy when it comes to souvenirs. Those shops right along Sunset Boulevard when you are towards the entrance of Hollywood Studios. Those are some of my favorite places to be and just drinking a coffee or a cocktail which you can get at Hollywood Studios and taking in those sounds that's a great way to spend part of your day and I can totally hear other mothers saying I have young kids they don't want to see marquees and hear big band music (laughs) but there are other things that make it great for kids as well. Well there's just so many hidden gems throughout the park like you said Haley like they do have the meet and greet areas but then they also have like that Lightning McQueen section whether you have little little kids and you're going to meet Mickey and Minnie, which Minnie and her very fabulous like Hollywood flapper dress. Then you have your thrill rides. You cannot miss Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, those types of things on top of the new rides. But there's just so much, whether you're taking those little, little kids, whether you're taking your older kids or whether you're just a kid at heart. It's a park you can't miss and you need to dive into further for sure. I agree. I think people like Haley that think it's a half day park maybe aren't realizing the range, right? I can't think of another park that has as, I mean, Animal Kingdom has a lot of shows. So I guess maybe that would rival it, but it has so many incredible shows and they're all very different. You know, they're live Broadway style. They are the stunt spectacular. They are comedy shows, shows that dive deep into the history of Disney. Although that I think is incredibly boring, that particular segment of the park. Um, But there are different types of entertainment And I think people get wrapped up in the rides and you think, oh, Magic Kingdom has a ride every five steps that you take. And Hollywood Studios doesn't. Park isn't 
all rides all the time, every five feet. But don't we kind of want that? Don't you want yep. an experience where you're not just running from attraction to attraction? There are moments in your day that are built in to actually slow down and enjoy your family. Also think about finishing the night off over at Fantasmic and watching that show. Being the coast to coast person of like seeing it at Disneyland and at Disney World, that amphitheater makes the show so nice because you actually get to sit in a seat, finish the night off, relax with your family, have all of the feelings and emotions wash over you, watching your kids get to see Mickey. I mean, it is an enormous draw for me to always make time for Hollywood Studios because walking in there and seeing the beauty of that show, using the rest of the shows as a buildup to that final show of the day, it is something that's a must do every single time I go to the park. Okay, I'll give you that. The first time I saw Fantasmic was a month and a half ago. And I cried. I laughed. I gasped. Everything you can think of. I did love that show. And that is definitely something I agree totally worth catching. And the Beauty and the Beast show I fell in love with when my husband and I went last time because I had never seen that. So maybe the more I get into this or by the end of this episode, I'll be convinced about Hollywood Studios. Well, I think that's great because I actually love that you were a little bit skeptical of Hollywood Studios because I think more people are than aren't, right? So I, when I'm working as a Smart Moms travel agent and I'm talking to clients that may be considering a three-day ticket on their package and they're they're thinking, well, we're going to skip a park and we're thinking that park is going to be Hollywood Studios. I hear that answer more often often than I hear any other answer. And spoiler alert, that is not my answer. I would not skip this park ever. And now that you're starting to dig into what it has to offer, you are little by little, you know, you may not be totally sold yet, but you're little by little experiencing different things that are teaching you that this park has so much to offer. It's a gem. It is unique. It doesn't feel like a massive theme park that is overwhelming and overstimulating. I really think it, maybe that's what I love about the vibe. You know, it's a little calming to me. It feels, don't don't get me wrong, it's crowded and we're going to talk about that, but it feels chill. And Disney vacations are all but chill. I also feel like, especially with the new additions of Toy Story Land and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So I am definitely a Star Wars fan. My husband and I, big time Star Wars fans. But my family, they are not Star Wars fans whatsoever. And walking into Galaxy's Edge, my dad was amazed at how well the Disney Imagineers brought to life that theming. That world, as you step back into it, and then that seamless transition from Galaxy's Edge into Toy Story Land, like it literally feels like first you are going to be piloting the Millennium Falcon. You take a hundred steps and now you're in Woody's and Buzz's area where it's you're stepping in with the toys and you're actually coming out of the toy box, so to speak. So it's amazing to see what they have done to continue to expand the park. You like that entrance to Galaxy's Edge from Toy Story Land? Honestly, no. I like the other entrance coming in, but I like transitioning out of Galaxy's Edge that in that direction. Yeah, we're going to get into that later because that's I have a, a little uh, issue with that, I think. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a miss, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I got to say, even though I love this park, there's a little bit of truth to this. 
Hollywood Studios has a lot of big attractions. It has a lot of thrill rides and things that can cause motion sickness. So I can really see where someone would be hesitant where that's concerned. But I have had my kids, they are five and eight. I have two five-year-olds and an eight-year-old. And they've ridden pretty much every attraction in this park. So even if you don't think you have a thrill seeker, it may be worth trying these attractions because although some of them are bigger, they are incredible. I think Hollywood Studios has some of the most well-rounded, well-themed, well-thought-out attractions in all of Disney World. And so I think for that reason, it's worth trying even if you're scared. Hands down, like walking into Tower of Terror and walking through that lobby, you can't get any better than that when it comes to the theming. And to think that they did that attraction over two decades ago it's only gotten better since then. You've hit the nail on the head. That ride is like two decades old or more actually at this point. And so mm-hmm. how could you nail it so much? And you're in there and you're thinking it can't get better than this. And for me, it doesn't get better than that. But then somehow you do walk to Galaxy's Edge and it's better. It's incredible. And then the last thing is the food at Hollywood Studios. Even though I don't think it's the best of the four theme parks, I think it holds its own. It's definitely better than Magic Kingdom. It has a few great sit-down restaurants. It has a character meal with characters that change through the day, so they're not the same all day. And, hello, you can get alcohol. There are bars, literal bars, at Hollywood Studios that you can go to, hang out, and that may not be for everyone, but when I'm on vacation, it is definitely for me. It's definitely a must for my husband and I as well with or without the kids. Well, and I think that's just it is that it's with the kids too. You can go into Oga's and get a non-alcoholic beverage for those of us that don't like drinking as much but want that atmosphere. And this last time we were there, I got to witness a, it was probably three years old, get a fancy drink that must have had like dry ice or something in it. And just to watch his face light up and think he's the coolest thing ever because he was getting a drink as well. So that was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I agree because I take my kids to Oga's Cantina, which is the bar in Galaxy's Edge. And we can talk a little bit more about that when we get into the sevens. But my kids got fizzy, popping, colorful drinks. And I mean, it's a highlight for them. Absolutely. I mean, what kid doesn't want to drink that on their vacation? All right. I think we have so much to dig deep into here. This park, it gets underestimated. It gets a bad rap. That's just the reality of it. I am so excited to dive a little bit deeper and get to the root of why Hollywood Studios is not only not a half day park, but a must visit on all your vacations. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our segments, including our favorite segment, the sevens. Okay, everyone, listeners of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast, subscribers, participants, we are so excited. We have something big. Like, I cannot even believe how big this is. Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast is partnering with Smart Moms Plan Disney to give away a deluxe Disney family vacation. We are giving it away to one family. A deluxe vacation, families of up to four will be able to stay at a Disney deluxe property for three nights with four days of tickets. Have more than four in your family? That's no problem. Families of up to six can stay in a family suite at Art of Animation and still get the four days of tickets. This would cost almost $7,500 to go book this trip on your own. And we're going to give it away to one family for free. 
free. Also, we're moms here, so we've made it easy to enter. We know that you don't have a lot of time to waste taking forever to enter a contest, so follow the link in our show notes and on all of our social media bios, and entering will be a breeze. There are several ways to enter, and the more you do, the better chances you have of going to visit the mouse on our dime. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to jump right into the sevens, where we take all seven of our favorite dwarves, take their personalities and match it with ways that we can dive deeper into our topic. Today's conversation is all about Hollywood Studios, one of the four theme parks at Disney World that you can visit on your vacation and that far too often people either skip or underestimate. I'm going to start right away with happy. Happy because I am not one of those people that is going to underestimate Hollywood Studios. And the number one reason for me, and maybe this, you know, you guys can chime in. For me, I am not scared. I don't get motion sickness. And so the (laughs) rides, the actual physical attractions, they're my favorite. Right when you walk in, you walk down Sunset Boulevard, boom, Tower of Terror. The staple, the icon, it is the best. It's obviously a drop tower ride, but it is so much more than that. I mean, my local theme park here where I live in Cincinnati has a drop tower ride, right? This is not what that is. From the pre-show, I remember back during COVID, right after the closures, they weren't running pre-shows and we would just stand in the library and then walk straight through because you couldn't be stopped in that room. And I pulled it up on YouTube. You know, I pulled the (laughs) pre-show up because it was it meant so much to me. I do remember that my husband and I went during pandemic time and we had to skip through that whole thing as well. I will say this is a happy for me. I have a love hate with Tower of Terror. I hate the drop, but I love the thrill. I had this little, probably four or five year old boy show me up once and put his hands up and here I am like strangling the seat to try not to fly out. I hate that feeling of where I'm gonna fly out, but I love the thrill that comes with it. And by the time it's over, I'm excited that I wrote it and I might just do it again. But that whole time up there is like an anxious wait for me that I feel like I'm just gonna fall out of my seat. Oh, I am the person that lifts my feet, lifts my hands, and I hope I feel like I am actually going to fly off of this elevator. (laughs) I love that. And then Rock and Roller Coaster is one of the only thrill ride coasters in all of Disney World. Of course, now with the addition of Guardians of the Galaxy over at Epcot and Tron at Magic Kingdom, they are diving deeper into that roller coaster world. But Rock and Roller Coaster has been around forever at this point. And it was Disney's only big roller coaster for a long time. And it's the only roller coaster that goes upside down. Yeah. Some people are really looking for that kind of thrill, but Disney doesn't just make a looping coaster, right? It has a pre-show and it has theming and you may or may not see your name on a poster as you're walking through because of the Bluetooth technology. And all of that is just so great. And those are just two attractions as you enter the park. We haven't even walked past the entrance basically at that point. I mean, what about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway too? And how amazing they did on all of that from the pre-show to the splitting to the end when everything comes back together and it seems like nothing has happened. Every little detail of that ride is amazing to me. I have a little bit of a love-hate, but don't get mad at me. (laughs) I do love it. I adore it. I love it so much. And it is tied to an amazing memory for me. First of all, my wife, it's her favorite attraction in all of Disney World. She absolutely loves it. My kids talk about it when we're not at Disney World. They're like, we want to ride Mickey's train. And that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about the train at Magic Kingdom or Thunder Mountain. (laughs) They're talking about Mickey and minis. And the first time we ever wrote it, I am a really big spoiler person, as in I don't want them. I'm a spoiler alert, plug by ears. I don't want to know. So especially when a new ride is
ride opens at Disney World, I will not watch anything. So I'm totally surprised when I go in. So I had no idea what to expect. And that first ride on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was one of the most fun times I've ever had in a Disney park. I mean, fast forward 10 seconds if you don't want spoilers. But when you do the conga with Daisy and the dance, I mean, I was, we were belly laughing, like screaming in our little cars. It was such a fun thrill. And then the hate part of it for me is that I can't even believe it took the place of the great movie ride i was gonna say that would be my grumpy piece the fact that they took the great movie ride away i do love mickey and minnie's runaway railway it is adorable i am so excited to take my daughter on it but the great movie ride was just that it was a great movie ride having the live actors popping in and on with your car and just stepping and i'm like a history buff so stepping back in time and seeing different major films and what the old hollywood was and now to have it mickey and minnie you know what though this is the only attraction on disney property with mickey and minnie so i gotta give them that and runaway railway hands down i mean i'm not saying it's a better ride than the great movie ride I just think I have so much, and Chris, it sounds like you as well. We just have nostalgia for this ride, right? And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking it was losing interest, right? These movies are becoming irrelevant to the current generation. And maybe they just felt like updating it was not the way to go. And so for that, I kind of get it. Uh, It's like, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Playland being gone, like as much as it makes me sad. You know, my kids have actually seen that movie, but I don't really think they would care to play in that playland. And for nostalgia reasons, obviously. And so I get it, but I am sad it's gone. I do love Mickey and Minnie's and I have that great memory tied to it. And then of course, the other most happy thing about this park, hands down, zero arguments, is going to be Galaxy's Edge. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Galaxy's Edge is a work of art. It's incredible. You have these lifelong diehard Star Wars fans that have poured so much into creating something that felt authentic, that feels immersive. And it is so, mm-hmm. from the moment you step in all the way through the attractions, the shops, the food, all of it, it's immersive and entertaining and wonderful and otherworldly. You know, you do feel like you have left Hollywood Studios, you have entered Batu, and I have a major, major crush on Kylo Ren. <laughs> I am sorry to all, Chris, my apologies to you. I am not a Star Wars episode one through six fan that's not I've seen them. I respect them. They're not my jam. I love episode seven, eight, nine, and I have an absolute crush obsession. I can't get enough of Kylo Ren and he's walking around and he's being his scary self in front of his ship and I can't get enough of it. That's killing me right now, but I get it. And and it's, it's interesting because a lot of people assume that Galaxy's Edge and Hollywood Studios and Disneyland are the same. And technically they're not anymore. They have from a Star Wars fans perspective, they've broken the timeline and I'm hoping maybe we get to see them at Hollywood Studios as well, but you can now meet Boba Fett at Disneyland. I, I hear you, Ali, and I appreciate that those were the movies that brought you in and that you have a strong tie and love them. But uh, yeah, it's. They are the new age of Star Wars for sure. I would put my hair in bubble braids and act like Ray. <laughs> 
I'm old school Star Wars too, but that's just because I have very fond memories of my mom and I, when we used to live in New York, going to theaters when some of the, you know, later ones were released. So I have a very strong tie to the old, but I do appreciate the aesthetic and probably spend when I do go to Hollywood Studios for more than half a day. I spend the majority of my time exploring that part of the park because there is so much. And as many times as you go in there, you will notice something new every single time. But I do have one question for both of you. Green milk or blue milk? No milk. No milk. No. What? Uh, I am, I think I'm on the minority and I'm actually team green milk for sure. I am too. On my first trip since having a baby, I went and I got to try it for the first time. And we actually got one of each so that I could try them both. And I expected to like the blue milk more um and that was definitely not the case the green milk i could slurp that down any day every day chris correct me if i'm wrong but in the star wars movies isn't luke seen like milking some alien animal and that's where the colored milk comes from yep that's exactly where it comes from and that's exactly why i can't drink it <laughs> it's, <disgusting. laughs> it's it's funny though because if you actually look at the ingredients it really has nothing to do with it it's very fruity and it's Definitely something uh, I think because they use the word milk on it, a lot of people are like, oh, no, you know, I'm lactose free or anything along those lines. And just actually look at what goes into it because it is not what it sounds like at all. I get it. You have to have it at galaxy's edge but i for whatever reason cannot get that image of luke skywalker milking the animal <laughs> from the another planet <laughs> out of my head when they, when somebody hands me a glass it's just not for me but i'll tell you what i will drink is a fuzzy tauntaun at oga's that is my favorite drink on disney property it has this foam on top and it makes your whole mouth numb and they even it comes with a warning they're like if you have a fuzzy tauntaun, they say, don't touch your nose, don't touch your eyes. <laughs> so there's feels like this element of danger when you're drinking it. And it's just so fun. It feels otherworldly, just like Galaxy's Edge is supposed to. Yes, just 1000% yes. Walk in there, definitely get that reservation. Another great one that I just tried this last trip was the Jedi Mind Trick. And that was phenomenal. I have tried the fuzzy tum-tum and it's just the, the fuzz bothers me a little bit. I don't like the numbing feeling, but the Jedi mind trick was phenomenal. And can we just take a minute and talk about how awesome the bartenders are there? So on this last trip, we actually had a phenomenal bartender. Her name was Autumn. If you get her Tell her that Chris and Haley say hello again. She was amazing. Just the banter that she had with us and the party that was standing next to us. She knew how to sling her drinks. But when it comes to the interactions with the guests, they are a thousand percent above board and just wonderful. They totally made it feel like you stepped into actually Oga's and you have the DJ playing. I mean, it's just like you said, Allie, it's a vibe. And that vibe in there is unlike anything else on Disney property for me. And I will say to your point, the fuzz, you don't like it. I actually order an extra side of it <laughs> and I just <laughs> keep eating it. I just think it's so fun. But you're right. The servers and the bartenders are incredible. They'll play along with the act. So if you're somebody that likes to completely immerse yourself in what you're doing, we actually asked them once, and this was, I, I am so embarrassed to say this, and that would be a good bashful maybe we could transition, but I had not seen any of the Star Wars films the first time I ever 
event. My great Kylo obsession actually stemmed a little bit later. But I went to Galaxy's Edge like right when it opened, back when there was a 3 a.m. line outside of Hollywood Studios to get the virtual queue. And I went into Oga's and I asked the server if Han Solo ever came in, which I didn't know at the time was actually, spoiler alert, he couldn't because RIP. But they said his son comes in. And at that time, I didn't know that that was my, you know, ultimate crush that they were talking about. But all of that to say, they just totally play the game. They're immersed in it with you. They are from Batu. They will not break character. You can build lightsabers, authentic looking, legit lightsabers, droids that can actually interact within Galaxy's edge and work. You know, these are the things that set this park not only apart, but above the rest in some ways, because there is nothing else in all of Disney World like Galaxy's Edge. It is by far, hands down and beyond, the best themed area. Oh, easy. So I'm going to let that lead us, unless any of you have anything else for happy, right on into Grumpy. And come at me if you want, but my Grumpy in Hollywood Studios is Toy Story Land. What? Yeah. I, I'm in agreement. So, oh, you guys. Chris, being a Disneyland home park girl, mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that you don't agree with me. Where is the Radiator Springs level theming for Toy Story Land? I'm sorry, but just stringing some oversized Christmas lights up in the air and putting a giant shoe print that honestly doesn't even make sense with the size of the lights. I don't feel like a toy. I just don't. It's just not my jam. I don't think it's that well themed. I don't think it's that well done in Disney standards. You know, you're going and Chris, you had mentioned that entrance and now is the time. You're literally walking around, quote unquote, Andy's backyard, though to me, it does not have a backyard feel. And all of a sudden you're in this tunnel and it turns green and you're supposed to believe that you're just walking into Batu. And I don't love it. I don't feel like it gives me enough time to digest one and leave the other. I think the two worlds don't work super well next to each other. And I understand that there are obviously constraints, things they have to work around, but it just doesn't work really well for me. And I've been to Radiator Springs at California Adventure Park, which is sort of similar to Hollywood Studios. That's Disneyland's version to this Disney World version. And they have something that's greater. So I think when you've seen that and you know you have Toy Story, which is one of the greatest, not just Pixar or animated films of all time, but gosh, like one of the greatest films of all time. And I just don't think it's that well done. Okay. I can hear you on that. And especially when you're comparing, I it's hard to compare it to especially Cars Land because of what they were able to do with the backdrops. But I mean, Slinky Dog is super cute. I do love that coaster. I also went on Toy Story Mania for the first time, the one where it's like the game. And that is stinking cute. And that is a good way to get those dads that don't necessarily want to be there but maybe have a little bit of a competitive side in on the fun because, oh my gosh, the amount of laughing that we did on that ride this last time I was there and just the competition between all of us, it was so much fun. I do have to agree that I can see the transition into Galaxy's Edge is definitely clunky, but I look for those fine, those very, very fine details that they tried to do. But doing Toy Story Land at night when the lights are actually on, it is super fun back there. I did try the highly sought after 
pop tart that everybody seems to love. That for me wasn't anything. It's not something I'm going back for. That's for sure. But I did get to see the Green Army Men this last time. They were doing a drum line, which is super fun because they have those over at DCA as well. So it's just kind of fun to kind of see the combination between the two. For me, the reason I love I still love Toy Story Land and it's not a grumpy for me is that they have a designated area solely for the toys versus at California Adventure. It is intermixed with any and everything. They have stuff that's Incredibles and things like that. So I think they did a better job at honoring just Toy Story on its own. But for me, the grumpy does actually tie into Toy Story Land is how packed it always feels. Yeah. What is that? It's like one street. You know, there's barely it's like you walk in, ride, ride, ride. And here's the thing to what you said, Toy Story Mania. Yeah, it's a really fun attraction. I'm competitive. I'm actually really bad at that ride. (laughs) I hardly ever win. (laughs) My arm gets tired. My shoulder hurts. I'm not great at it, but it is really fun. I look forward to doing it. Slinky Dog is it's fine. It's a fun coaster for kids, for sure. My kids laugh on it, love it. They talk about it. They can't. So that's great. But come on. Are the aliens, the green aliens from the vending machine at Planet Whatever Pizza? Is that you're telling me that that's the best you've got is a spinny teacup style alien ride for your third attraction at Toy Story Land? So I do feel like they could have done that totally better. It's a lot crammed into what feels like a small space. And to what you said earlier, Allie, you only have so much space to work with. Absolutely understand that. But my concern in an already small area is Woody's Roundup, which is the new barbecue restaurant. That- oh, don't and even get me. Don't even get me started I- on Woody's Roundup. <laughs> Yeah, where are, why is Woody's Roundup Barbecue not a character meal? Do we have any character meals on Disney property with a Pixar character? No, not that I know of. And I know you can see them, of course, right outside. I'm pretty sure where that entrance is. You have like the Toy Story Land sign and you can meet Woody and Jesse right there. And And Buzz. They're not inside though. No, they're not inside. And I will say meeting Buzz is totally like a highlight for me. I love Buzz Lightyear. I love that you get to meet him. I love that you get to meet him right when you walk in. So that's a highlight for me. I want to talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. But I'm not understanding why Woody's Roundup is not going to be a character meal. I mean, I guess Hollywood Studios does already have one character meal with Hollywood and Vine with they have Disney Junior characters in the morning and then it's Minnie and friends in the afternoon and evening. And that's great. But even still, it feels like a really, really big missed opportunity. And then to your other point, Chris, you were talking about those Pop-Tarts, which for any smart moms travel agents listening, our hidden Mickey for the day is actually the word Pop-Tart. I don't love those Pop-Tarts. You know, I think they're fine. That's again, like there are other things at Hollywood Studios that I want to eat. I want to eat Rosie's Quick Service. I want to eat the Cobb salad at the Hollywood Brown Derby and sit out and listen to the music. And I want to eat the Wookiee cookie. over by the Indiana Jones show and 50s Primetime Cafe is a great dining experience where the servers are giving you a hard time and treating you like they're you're their kids from the 50s. Those are the things I want to eat. I don't want to eat that Pop-Tart. It was not worth the hype by any means. And I'm right there with you, Allie. My favorite thing to eat on property is in Hollywood Studios. It's actually the breakfast version of the Ronto Wrap. I will sprint and break my toes to get to have one of those in the morning. 
I totally agree with you with the barbecue roundup. There was a missed opportunity there. And I kind of feel the same way with the Pop-Tart. And the name of the restaurant is Woody's Lunchbox, not Andy's Lunchbox. I don't know. It just, I don't get it. And all that, I know I'm kind of being a really big downer on Toy Story Land. The thing is, is that kids do love it. My kids love it. They want to go. They want to definitely meet the characters. They want to ride those attractions. I'm just speaking from a perspective of every time I walk in there, I'm frustrated in a way that my kids can't understand that it's just not a little bit more, especially when right down the street there, you're going to walk into Galaxy's Edge and you're understanding immediately what Disney Imagineering can really do and maybe just didn't quite nail with Toy Story Land. Well, and especially given that it's a multi-generational franchise now, like, come on, we grew up on Toy Story. Now our kids are growing up on Toy Story. They're making another movie, all of this stuff. They're clearly putting time and effort into this. So it's like, let's hope in the next few years that they realize that and kind of wake up and give us a little bit more with this place. Yeah. And the other thing that makes me a little grumpy with Hollywood Studios is that Genie Plus, I think that's Disney's line skipping service that you can purchase in your app. It, It can be a little tricky at Hollywood Studios because Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Slinky Dog, Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, Rise of the Resistance. Those are the big headliner attractions. That was a lot of rides that I just mentioned. And unfortunately, you're probably not going to get access to every one of their lightning lanes because everything is such a heavy hitter that everybody is going for everything all the time. So it makes it really hard to kind of strategize and you almost feel like, oh my gosh, if if I pick wrong, I'm going to ruin my day, you know, and and that's not actually the truth. But sometimes it does feel that way at Hollywood Studios. Well, and especially if it's your first time or if, you know, you haven't been there before or you only have maybe one day there, which if you haven't, like definitely go back and listen to the other episode about Genie Plus because there are some strategy to it. But definitely taking a look ahead of time at the ones that have single rider and maybe utilizing that service on top of that Genie Plus. That's so good. And that can move us right into Doc. What a good strategy to think about how can I best pair my Genie Plus service with the single rider lines and maximize my day, right? So maybe I'm going to ride Slinky Dog first with a lightning lane that I got with Genie Plus, and I'm going to immediately ride Rock and Roller Coaster right when I get to the park with single rider. Definitely. I do think too, when you think about strategizing, and this is an easy way for me to envision Hollywood Studios going from a half day to a full day, is if you truly utilize some of the time slots that Genie Plus gives you and not necessarily knock them out all first thing in the morning, but knock out those one or two that you're able to get and then walk around, go see some of the characters because there are so many in such a small area that really can spread out that whole day, especially with the shows included in there. I'm so glad you brought up characters. That is such a good strategy for Hollywood Studios. I think Hollywood Studios has some of the most unique characters on all of Disney property. You can meet Olaf. You can meet Mike and Sully. As we already said, you can meet Buzz, Woody, and Jesse. You can meet Star Wars characters, including Kylo Ren, Rey, Chewie. You can meet Disney Junior characters. And then, Chris, as you mentioned earlier, Mickey and Minnie in special old Hollywood outfits, including Sorcerer Mickey, which is a super pop 
popular version of Mickey himself. It's just got so many different characters that you are not going to find anywhere else. So even if you don't have a kiddo that loves the thrill rides, this is a great time. Sometimes I feel like when you're at Magic Kingdom, you feel like, oh gosh, if I get in line to meet these characters, we're going to miss out on 20 attractions, you know, because the lines are long. But at Hollywood Studios, you have the time to wait to meet Olaf. You have the time to meet Mike and Sully. They're not only interested in the rides. And I think Sometimes we get caught up in that thinking and we're not taking the time to realize that there are so many other layers. Back when you walk towards all of the Disney Junior characters, which they have Doc McStuff in, like you were saying, there's so many back there that are on Disney Junior that everybody seems to forget about but your little three-year-old. There's the Disney Junior live show back there that they're still currently doing. And I remember taking my daughter in there. She was just under three years old. So, you know, that two is free three is when you have to start paying for their ticket. So she was just underneath that. And the bubbles that came up, the songs that she got to sing, the dancing that she got to do, that is probably one of my favorite memories of taking her into Hollywood Studios is going to that live show in the back. It's air conditioned, so it's a great place to hang out. Not everybody realizes it's back there. So it's one of those little hidden gems. And then meeting the characters on the way out that are lined up right there. Those lines, they're not long at all. You're exactly right. Build that time into your trip. Don't don't miss Beauty and the Beast live on stage. It's so beautiful when Belle puts on her gown and, you know, your kids will watch the Beast transform into the prince. And it's so well done. The choreography is beautiful. The dancers are wonderful. It's live singing. And they don't have a lot of live stage shows like that all over Disney property anymore. You know, it's one that has stood the test of time. It has been there since the 90s. I used to see that show with my mom. And it's so special now. I think a lot of it is... I do think about my mom when I see that show and she always made it such a big deal that we would see it whenever we would go. And now I get to go with her as an adult and take my kids and it's just so lovely. So you have the live Beauty and the Beast show. You have that fun Disney Junior dance show, but we have yet to touch on the Frozen sing-along. I've never been to it. Wait, what? No. <laughs> Chris, have you? Uh, No. Oh, I don't even know where it's at, honestly. Oh, gosh. Okay, so when you're walking down Hollywood Boulevard, you walk in Hollywood Studios towards the Chinese theater where Mickey and Minnie's is. It is on the left as though you're walking towards Indiana Jones, which we're going to talk about. This is strategy, you guys. Look at the show times. This is your doc. Look at the show times through the day. Figure out when you want to be in each area of the park and see each of these shows because they only have specific times. And then fill in your gaps with the attractions and the characters that you want to ride and meet. The Frozen sing-along show is for kids and adults. First of all, what little kid doesn't love Frozen? I mean, I'm sure there are some that don't love it, but mine are completely obsessed with it. So the sing-along is a quick telling of the original movie of Frozen 1. And you get to sing the songs. It's so great. But the two hosts are hilarious. They tell adult-style humor that is very kid-friendly throughout the whole show. It's very much just ad-libbed. They kind of make it up as they go. They riff off of the audience. It is so fun. It is air-conditioned. It is a break in your day. Your kids are singing these songs at the top of their lungs. And they're seeing their favorite characters on stage. So it's a win-win-win-win-win all around. You have to see it. You got to see Beauty and the Beast. These are the shows that matter. And then if you have an adventure lover, Indiana Jones, the stunt spectacular. I mean, as featured on Full House in the 90s, it's still there. You know, he's still running 
running from that boulder. It's really, really, really fun. The other thing I was thinking about too for the dock moment is try a dining package to be able to get that premier seating for Fantasmic because that is my goal next time so that I don't have to stand in a long line waiting to get into the wings of the Fantasmic Amphitheater, but instead paying a little bit more for my dining experience that I'm already planning to do for that day. And then that way I just have that premier seating because Allie, you're so right. Right. The shows at Hollywood Studios are phenomenal. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I booked a Fantasmic dining package for my family on our spring break trip that we just took. I talked about it on the pod a few weeks ago. And what that meant was I did get that center seating because the arena for Fantasmic, which is the nighttime water, firework, music, spectacular at Hollywood Studios. It's a beautiful, humongous arena outdoors with water. And it can be really hard to see when we saw it, the three of us and our friends back in January, we were really, really far off to the side. And we could see the show and it was wonderful and we loved it, but we were missing elements. Like for sure, we didn't see everything. So with the dining package, there are several restaurants at Hollywood Studios. I think there are four, maybe even five that you can get the Fantasmic dining package and you'll get priority seating without having to wait in a long line, center arena. You're not going to miss a thing. And it's a wonderful strategy. Our time is for lunch right after hopping. I think our time is like 2.05 PM. So we're going to hop from Magic Kingdom. We're going to head on over there right when hopping starts, have a lunch and then have guaranteed seating. Perfect. Exactly. It's a great, that's so great. I'm glad you brought that up. So these are some of the ways to strategize that park, right? Let's talk about when we're strategizing sneezy. What are we going to avoid? And I'm going to make you kind of angry here, Chris. (laughs) I am avoiding the Ronto Wrap quick service at Docking Bay 7. Okay, hold on, though. Are you avoiding all Ronto Wraps or lunch Ronto Wraps? Because I can understand the lunchtime Ronto Wrap. I I can give you grace on that one. But the breakfast one, that is one especially for a person like me who likes to eat quickly, get on my way to the next thrill ride. And I also need to eat well in the morning so that I am feeling fueled for the day. It is a great option with the meat, the egg, the cheese, and it's like a pita bread style. It's phenomenal. No, (laughs) absolutely not. I'm not eating breakfast at Hollywood Studios unless I'm sitting down. I probably already ate a Mickey waffle at my resort. I am not walking from the entrance all the way back to Galaxy's Edge to get one of those silly Ronto wraps. I'm not doing it. (laughs) It is not worth the trek back there just for that silly little wrap. It's not something I'm doing. People love them. It's in Galaxy's Edge. I am avoiding them. (sighs) I am also avoiding the the Lightning McQueen thing. What a missed opportunity. What are we doing? What even is it? It's the Racing Academy. You're sitting on these uncomfortable benches. Lightning McQueen is there and you're doing this little driving simulator. And sure, by all means, if you have a little one or even a big one that loves cars and they love racing, you know, maybe they'll enjoy it. I did it during a torrential downpour out of necessity. And I could not believe what I was seeing. It just seemed like, again, a little bit of a poor use of space and definitely a poor way to bring cars to this park. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's going to definitely be aliens, the saucer swirls thing. Like it's a bad version of the teacups. And I love the teacups. I don't even look at that ride. Honestly, I'll just skip it. 
I won't even probably take my daughter on it when we go. Yeah. I mean, I took my twins and my older daughter on it. And I mean, they giggled. Of course, they loved it. But let's be real. They love it all. You know, they're not asking about it. They're not thinking about it. They don't care about it. So will you enjoy it? Sure. If it's a once in a lifetime trip, fine. By all means, ride it. But other than that, no. See, and there's two things I'm avoiding. One, rope dropping when it comes to Hollywood Studios. Because the point that you made about there being so many shops down that main section, everybody is rushing to rise to Slinky, to Tower of Terror. I'm taking my time. I'll have my Genie Plus set for the morning, of course, because when you stay on property, you get that first thing in the morning. You're always on there doing it at 7 a.m. But I am taking my time. I am walking down that boulevard. I'm checking out the shops. I'm stopping in Starbucks to grab a coffee and a breakfast if I haven't had anything at the resort yet. So that's like the biggest thing for me is I don't rush through that beginning section. So I'm definitely getting early. Yes. Rope dropping. No. And sci-fi diner. You don't like sci-fi? It's dark and I totally understand the theming and the reason behind all of it, but I don't like that coming out feeling like it's 8 p.m. and it's the afternoon. Oh, that's a good point. And the sci-fi movies are a little weird. Like, I don't know that my kids would love them. I've been, but I haven't taken my kids yet. And you do have to sit in the cars, like little benches Mm -hmm. across. And so you're not all kind of dining together. So it is a neat experience to feel like you're at a drive-in, but there are a lot of downsides to it. It's not my favorite. It's not my go-to. I much prefer 50s primetime or the Brown Derby. And I love the bar lounge area at 50s primetime. That's just a great hang. It's so fun to be there. Yeah. Haley, you just mentioned when you stay on site, you get that Genie Plus. I want to transition now into Sleepy. If Hollywood Studios is one of the parks you're visiting and you're focusing on Hollywood Studios, I don't really think there's much to discuss here. You are either staying at the Yacht and Beach Club, specifically the Yacht Club side, which is silly because it's one big giant property, but the Yacht Club side is closer to Hollywood Studios. So you're taking that five to 10 minute walk down that pretty path and you're getting there or you're taking a boat or you could go with the boardwalk or any of the resorts on the Skyliner. So the Skyliner, which is the gondolas in the sky, that will take you to Hollywood Studios from Art of Animation, from Pop Century, Caribbean Beach, or the Riviera. So my top pick would be Yacht Club or Boardwalk. And then if one of those was not available or for whatever reason was out of reach, I would go with one of the Skyliner resorts. I fell in love with Yacht Club on my last anniversary trip. My husband and I did a reservation at Allen Compass and Yacht Club takes me back to those days when I used to live on Long Island and it's Montauk to me so it's home to me and the fact that it is not only a walk to Hollywood Studios but a walk to Epcot as well I love getting on that Skyliner and just it's almost a ride in itself It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, these are the answers. If you're going to Hollywood Studios, if you're spending a lot of time there, if you have a Star Wars lover, if if any of those things are important to your trip, those are the resorts that are going to suit you best for sure. I mean, it's it's no contest. What about bashful? What about the things you might be a little bit nervous or unsure of? I think we've covered a good deal of it. But the ones that stand out to me are, is this park good for my little ones, which 
yes, we've covered a lot with the Disney Junior touches, the unique characters, the shows, all of those things. And will the attractions be too intense for me? And the answer is maybe, you know, but I think there's a good balance that there's still going to be enough to ride, even if some of the really big attractions are too intense. Yes, definitely. I think just take your time going through it and appreciating those little things. So definitely hitting up that show with Frozen and seeing it with my baby girl. It is not a park that you want to skip over by any means. It's a park of how do I make this work and enjoy those moments with your entire family. Exactly. And that's going to lead us right to our seventh dwarf here, which is Dopey. Our silly mistake is going to be not strategizing the right way that we explained and thinking that it's either A, a skip park or B, it's a half day park and you're not taking the time to see the shows. You're not taking the time to meet the characters. We're saying it over and over, but it's because too many people I think are undervaluing Hollywood studios. You are missing the point if you think this is not a place you want to be. It's not princesses. It's not the same Disney that you're getting at Magic Kingdom. And you know what? That's not only okay, it's amazing. It's better in some ways, truly. Meeting Minnie and her fabulous gear for the Hollywood side of things. It was such a fun experience. And I did that as an adult. I wasn't a kid, but seeing her that way was, it brought tears to my eyes. Definitely don't be, don't be skipping this park by any means. Do you guys think it's extraordinarily hot in Galaxy's Edge? Yes. Yes. Some of my hottest memories in all of Disney are Galaxy's Edge. I'm like, are they piping extra heat in here to make you feel like it's more of a desert? (laughs) I can remember waiting in line for that shopping area. What is that called? The Black Spire Outpost. Mm -hmm. And feeling like I just wanted to melt into the ground. I've never been more hot in my entire life. I feel like that's the entire park. But that's also, you know, I'm a Washington State girl. So pretty much anything over the 40 degree mark is warm to us. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. All right. I think that covers our seven. We are going to take another quick break. And when we do, we'll come back with more segments. Hey, y'all. It's LJ here. Welcome to my segment. We're talking about Hollywood Studios. And I thought it would be really fun to tell you about my perfect day at Hollywood Studios. I like to go a little slower. I'm not a rope drop to park close type of a girl. I love first stop to be the coffee shop, the Starbucks on the corner. And we'll get our iced coffee because it's hot. Okay, here's my list of things that you definitely cannot skip at Hollywood Studios. The first is the Indiana Jones show. I just took a poll with my kids and having my kids rate the different things at all the different parks. This one surprised me how highly they rated this. Every single one of my kids from Ace up to Seth, so from a four-year-old all the way up to an almost 14-year-old, gave this a five-star review. I love it as well. I just didn't think that they did because they typically don't love shows. So I was surprised. So you definitely want to add this to your must-do list. Okay, my next must-do is Slinky Dog. The line has been getting so long recently, you definitely want to grab a lightning lane like first thing in the morning if you can. Then the two back on Sunset Boulevard, Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. I absolutely love, 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 love Rock and Roller Coaster. It's one of my favorite rides in all of Orlando. And I don't love Tower of terror but my kids do so i suck it up and go on tower of terror i actually really like it but it makes me feel a little sick so i still do it and i just recently learned that if you sniff a lemon after you get off of tower of terror you're likely to feel better almost immediately (laughs) try it with me let me know how it works out for you 
Okay, then I also put Rise of the Resistance on my can't miss list. Hard to get these days sometimes, but it's definitely worth it if you can ride it. it I feel like it's still pretty mind-blowing, even though it's been there for a while now. Just how amazing everything is. Every time I ride it, I'm like, this is so impressive. And then two more, The Frozen Show. Does this surprise you that another show made the list? It's hilarious. The first time we watched it, we were not really realizing how much we were gonna enjoy it or how great it was. We loved it. It's so funny. We were laughing so hard. And now I've probably seen it 20, 50 times, but I still wanna see it again. It's not ever exactly the same. It's always a little bit different and it's amazing and fun for kids, but also hilarious for the grownups. So many jokes that would go over the kids' heads but we're all just laughing so hard. So you cannot miss that. Please do not miss the Frozen show. And it ends kind of early in the day. So you wanna check it and make sure that you can get there before it closes for the night. Okay, then last but not least, and I might give you a little bonus one because I just thought of another thing that I can't miss. But, so two more. I'm still on saying two more, sorry. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It's super fun and my kids love it. There's no bad thing to say about it. There's literally nothing. And then the bonus one that I just thought of and can't believe I didn't put on my list is the Beauty and the Beast show. It is one of my favorite things. I feel like it is a great break in the day. It's out of the sun, it's not too hot, but the problem is that the Beauty and the Beast show also usually ends pretty soon. I wanna say five o'clock is their last showing. It's gonna get very, very busy down that leg of the park as it gets closer and closer to Fantasmic, which I also do say Fantasmic is a do not miss. I think that's just a given. I don't think I needed to even have that on this list. Don't miss Fantasmic. I feel like that's a pretty awesome day. I wanna go do it right now. All right, we are back and we are ready for the lightning lane. Haley and Chris, are you ready? I'm yes. so ready. I want one word answers, no thinking, just the answer that comes to your mind first so we know it's the most genuine. Are you set? Here we go. Chris, what is your favorite ride at Hollywood Studios? Tower of Terror. Haley, what is your least favorite ride at Hollywood Studios? Star Tours. What is your favorite themed area out of all of the sections of Hollywood Studios? Haley. Galaxy's Edge, hands down. Chris. Galaxy's Edge, no question. Your favorite quick service? Oh, my favorite quick service is Rosie's. It's over by uh, Tower of Terror. It's so good. Which show would you never miss at Hollywood Studios, Chris? Fantasmic, hands down. Oh, such a good answer. Haley? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? The Muppet what? 3D show. Do you guys go to that? I've never been to that. That's like the most untouched area. We barely talked about it. My dad is obsessed with that show. He would be so disappointed. <laughs> he thinks the humor, that's one of those things where he thinks it's so funny. It's like classic, right? My dad is dying laughing at the humor of the Muppets in the balcony. And then my mom is like looking at him, rolling her eyes. Like this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's so funny. That's so, I, I can't believe we almost got away with the Hollywood Studios episode. We did talk about the Muppets 3D. Oh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want that to be like, you should miss it. It's, it's a funny show. Okay. So where are you starting? Are you starting walking past Muppets into Galaxy's Edge or are you starting Toy Story Land? Going straight to Galaxies. Past Muppets or through Toy Story? Past Muppets. What about you, Haley? Past Muppets. Yeah, I think too many people go through Toy Story Land. Although for me, I'm not going straight to Galaxy's Edge. I say that. I save that. I'd start it 
slinky dog probably okay. unless i already had a lightning lane then i'd be running down sunset boulevard straight towards tower and rockin yep tower first Haley, what's your favorite sit down meal at hollywood studios 50s prime time Ooh, love it chris hollywood and vine that's the character meal at hollywood yep. studios hollywood and vine that is funny story we ate there when i was a kid and we got breakfast and i got to eat ice cream for breakfast instead of actually having breakfast food because it was my dad's birthday and pluto said it was okay he took me over and guided me to get my ice cream i was probably like 12 at the time and i thought it was the coolest thing ever so hands down still my favorite sit down in the park yeah i haven't eaten there it's not my go-to character meal but my go-to at hollywood Studios is 50s prime time so ali if you had to pick between bringing your kids when they were itty bitties, because I know you started there and bringing them now when they're a little bit older to Hollywood Studios, which was your favorite time with them? When they were little, they're still little, but I think that's always going to be my answer because I think too many people underestimate that what their kids can handle, which we talked about on a previous episode. But I dressed my kids as Mike, Sully and Boo when they were really little. My twins were both one and they were Mike and Sully. And then my oldest daughter was Boo, but not like the pink shirt, purple pants Boo. She was the Boo with like the mop on her head. And it was, oh my gosh, it was so special. And when they're teenagers, they're not going to do that, you know? And we met Mike and Sully in those outfits. It was just so, so special. And we waited quite a while to meet Mike and Sully, but I had little kids. We weren't prioritizing the bigger rides. I had the time to give to it. And that's exactly what we've been saying this whole episode. You know, I think that's the point is that any age can find tons of things that make you happy. All right. It is more than a half day park. You heard it from me. Take your time. Go through it. The memories that I have with my daughter in that park are priceless. You're telling me that we transformed you over the course of this conversation to Hollywood Studios as a full day park? I didn't think it was possible, but based on especially our strategies here, I can make it a full day. Yeah, I think... Maybe it's not a two-day park. You know, maybe you don't need two days there, but you definitely got to go. I agree. For a full day. For a full day. For sure. And you know what? If you're staying at Yacht Club, you could even take a midday break and go swim at that awesome pool and then head back for evening activities in Fantasmic. That's a great idea. Who doesn't want to go down that water slide? Duh. All right, that is going to do it for us on the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. If you are planning, looking at planning, or ready to start planning again, and you don't already have a Smart Moms travel agent, be sure to check out the link in our bio or show notes to get connected with a free Smart Moms travel agent or one of our show hosts. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts, and follow us on all social media platforms at Smart Moms Plan Disney Podcast. We had to wait to dive deeper into more Disney parks, but but until next time, we'll see you real soon.